One, two, three, let's go. You're listening to WJMS Media, where media is reimagined. You can find us on our Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. So how you been, man? Been good. Been good. Grinding out through school, dude. It's just getting all the rest of the credits I need and shit, but things are Absolutely. good. Absolutely. You still in Oneonta? Yeah. Yep. This is the last, last couple months. So. Finally living off campus, though? Dude, oh my God, it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the difference in the experience here living off campus is like crazy. Dude, once I moved off campus, I never wanted to leave. I was like, this place rocks. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's unbelievable. I mean, it still sucks here with all the COVID crap, but what are you going to do? Definitely. So, um... I feel like I should just let you introduce yourself uh, first off. Uh, I guess tell us who you are, what yep. you what what you do, and what you're going to school for, um, how old you are, stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm Ethan, uh, 21 years old. I'm going to school for majoring in music industry, minoring in audio production. Um, I do a lot more producing than I do uh, my own stuff. I just got a song released on Spotify with one of my friends here that I produced, which is cool. The song's called Wallflower. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. What, uh, what's the artist's name? Uh, Jocelyn Shepard Stivers. Jeez. Yeah, she's got a <laughs> couple last names, so... I'm pretty sure that's how it's under on her thing, but what was the title of that? Uh, Wallflower. Wallflower. I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah, that's dope though. So, um, when did you let's like let's go into your musical background a little hmm. bit? Like when, um, like what was music for you growing up? Like when did it become part of your life and stuff? So, ever since I was a little kid, I, I always loved music and my parents had a really good taste for music. So they were always putting me on to like, my dad was putting me on to ACDC, Green Day, Led Zeppelin, all that stuff. And then around the age of like 13, I bought a uh, Newmark Mixtrack Pro and I downloaded like Serato and I was getting into like the DJing side of things. And then I like learned about GarageBand on the Mac and got a little MIDI keyboard, started messing around until I realized I wanted to do more production work. So my junior and senior year of high school, I took beat production classes. And then that's when I picked up playing the guitar too. So then that's kind of when it all started to kick off was around like my senior year of high school. And then came up to Oneonta, saw the facilities and the program, and then I, it was just like I couldn't stop after that. Love at first sight, huh? Yeah, Damn. pretty much. Yeah. I didn't know that you had only been playing the guitar like for a couple of years then. Yeah, dude, it really, it really hasn't been long. It hasn't been long. You're like good though. Like I feel like <laughs> you, you, know how to, you like know how to play the guitar as if you like had been playing for years so that's that's actually wild I yeah no i my neighbor was the one that got me into it because i told him like i wanted to go 
to college for music. And he was like, dude, you don't know how to play an instrument. Like you got to learn something. So he was teaching me like the hardest songs off the jump. I didn't start with any easy stuff. So I think that's kind of how I got so good in such a short amount of time was I was just playing like the hardest crap. That's crazy. I'm taking uh, a guitar class right now with uh, Paul Kett. Yeah, dude. And I like just learned, like now I can play all the common open chords. Yeah. Major and minor, and I'm like, I'm like, dang, I'm, I'm like, oh, I could really do this. Like, yeah, <laughs> like dude, I know what I'm doing he, at all. He's a great teacher for that stuff too, because I took I took private lessons with him too. That's what I'm uh, doing. Yeah, but for me, it's more just like being decent at every instrument and not being solid at ones, especially doing more producing side of stuff. Kind of like to have all the tools in the toolbox, sort of thing. Right, because you play the drums too, right? Am I or drums is, is actually the one thing that I struggle with hard. I feel like you totally played the drums like for something. I may have done something for when we were in Studio C doing yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, like if if I have to do it, I'll do it. But I'm not great. So you really only started like getting into like making music as a creator at least when you're like a junior in high school yeah yeah junior senior year i would say okay so then like how did you decide okay i'm gonna go for music industry like did you start out at oneonta as a music industry major yeah so it was one of the only schools that i was looking at that had pretty much what i wanted to do and i didn't have to audition for it um yeah yeah, which was which was huge. Like we had the placement audition, which was nothing. You know, they just wanted to see where we were at with. Whatever. I didn't do that. I never. You did. didn't. No, I don't. I don't even. They. I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I remember. <laughs> I remember they like, because my roommate had to do one too, but he didn't play an instrument at all, so it was more just like talking, I guess. But. Neither do I. Maybe okay. So then maybe I did do it, and I didn't realize because I think it's interesting that you said you didn't play an instrument because neither did I. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it, like of course there was like a little bit of an internal thing for me, like you know what, what am I getting a music degree for I, I literally don't play an right. instrument like yeah i knew how to, i had taken like like piano classes and stuff like that in high school but i didn't like take it seriously like i could yeah. do the i was i was actually good at it but like it was just weird so i i think it's interesting that you came right to that like right to it you're like yeah music industry i'm going for it yeah you know it was i'm not into the whole business side of things it was more like it's probably good to know not like when stuff happens in the real world and I'm not getting screwed over with a contract or whatever. And I kind of know all that sort of thing, but what really got my attention with coming here was the minor, I would say. Definitely. So what were your, when you, you're in high school and you pick, you decide going to Oneonta, you pick music industry, like what at, at that time before you had even gotten there is like your end goal. Like, what do you want to be like after you get this degree at that point? Um, I just, I wanted to be, I knew I wanted to be working in a studio doing something. 
Um, I can't be behind a desk. I'm not that kind of kid. Like, it's just not for me. Um, And me and my friends in high school, uh, like, formed a little group and I would make beats for all of them that they would rap on. And we would just spend like hours and hours on end in my basement doing stuff. And I knew that's what I wanted to be doing for a job. So coming up here, I knew that that major was so broad. Like I I could be doing whatever I want really in the industry with that. So it was just like a good ground for me. Yeah, definitely. That was uh, something that appealed to me as well, is that I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was kind of in a similar position. Uh, Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to, like, I knew I wanted to work with music, but I also found comfort in, like, when I did decide to switch to a music industry major, was that, like, I would have the business side if I had to fall back, you know, get a job at least related to music. Yeah. But that's cool that you like have been sticking through the whole time, like on the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're gonna say? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say that's like a big shout out to my parents for that. For they were never like, "Oh, what are you gonna do if this doesn't work out?" or "What's your backup?" Blah blah blah. They were always just like, "It's gonna work out." you got it just grind pretty much so. i feel like that's a that's like a hot take you know especially like for a kid who didn't grow up playing instruments you know like mm. when you laid that on your mom and dad i'm sure like well i guess maybe not you know you'd think that they'd be like you want to go for what like why yeah. do you want to do that yeah because my dad my dad was like me but had super strict parents like he wanted to do something with music not necessarily um playing something or being a musician like he wanted to do the business side of things and his parents were like that's just not going to work you're not going to make money so he ended up becoming a lawyer and i think he sees his younger self and me and wants me to just go for it hell yeah yeah that's that's dope man that i love you love to hear that that's sweet so man i was expecting you to be like yeah i've been playing guitar since i was four i came out the womb with a drumstick (laughs) no that's pretty that's pretty wild so what has your uh like what has oneonta been like for you in terms of like getting something out of the degree you know like is it what you expected it to be dude yeah it's been unbelievable um i like when i just think of my experience i only think of my minor classes all the audio classes um being able to like ta the studios and um even like the little things like physics of sound was such an interesting class to me to be able to like really understand the like details of just sound in general and it's something I never even thought about like placing a mic over here won't work because the sound's going to bounce off the wall over there and come back like dude I was never thinking like that when I was in high school and now um being able to be like pro tool certified and all this other stuff is just my resume is like stacked beyond belief now yeah you know i gotta give it to them 
I'm not like a huge like go school, go college type of person. Yeah, but <laughs> at least in this program, they really like they really do try to give you the absolute best shot. Like most of the kids that come out of this program have a pretty stacked resume. Like yeah, dude. Just just by like virtue of participating like in the community, you know, like are you part of any of the like cl- like do you play in any of the bands and or anything like that? I don't do any of that stuff. Um, I was in the songwriters club for a semester or two, um, but I was just taking. I've taken like lessons throughout this. I never did the like funk band or any of that stuff. I've just done like I did vocal lessons, I did bass lessons, I did guitar a couple times, piano. I was just trying to like gain so much knowledge on stuff I don't really mess with. Definitely. So you started um, all of this in high school. And when you got there, uh, were you like already making like full length tracks? Like of your, you say you used to make beats for your friends in high school and stuff. Like, yeah, me and my friends made like an EP just kind of for ourselves to listen to because we were just messing around. But we spent like months on it, and just I was making beats for them. We had like I don't know six or seven songs that weren't that long, but um, it was just like when they weren't there, I was still working on it. I was either trying to like mix as much as I could or just make more beats so that when they came over, they just had stuff to go on and go. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So going throughout Oneonta, like what were some of the like big connections that you ended up making? Oh, um, probably mostly with the, with the professors, I would say. Um, I got really close with Andres over the past like year or so. And then I met Gavin last semester and got great guy. Dude. Oh my God. Genius. Um, Paul Cat too. I did an internship with him and he was just giving me so much advice on really like, what was that like? Um, so I did live sound down at the black Oak. Oh, okay. He runs that. I didn't know. Yeah. That. Yeah. Which was also amazing because I knew nothing about live sound going into it. Now I can set up mics, a PA, run the board, all that, which is kind of something that I'm looking into doing until I can find myself in a studio just because I want to be around music all the time. So hoping to, there's a venue near me, uh, the Paramount that I'm going to try and do some live sound for them if they need it. That would be a dope place to check yeah. out, definitely. There's a ton of places in that, like, downtown Huntington area, like the Huntington Village area, that you could check out, probably. Mm-hmm. Even, like, the bars and stuff, you know? Yeah, dude. There, There's a lot of... There's places in my town, too, that do, like, little live acoustic sets and stuff. It's not a lot of work, but something. So then when did you start, uh, like getting into singing and stuff like i i feel like it's it's all seemed to have happened quite fast for you yeah it was definitely uh when i got here um i just was making music for myself or 
just had random stuff that I made and I didn't, when I first got here, I didn't have a huge group of friends or anything. So I wasn't, I didn't know a lot of people to hop on my stuff. Um, so I was like, why don't I just give it a shot? And I realized my voice is somewhat decent. At least it could be like worked on and not completely tone deaf and all over the place. So once I figured that out, I was going to just take lessons. And I knew the teacher here was extremely experienced with so much crap. So who did you uh, take the voice lessons with? Colby Thomas. Yeah, I, I <laughs> dude, I also took uh, voice lessons with her. She's a nut. Yeah, she was she was great to me. I don't know. She <laughs> I think she loves me or something. I don't know. Dude, she, was, she just the she teaches how like every vocal teacher should. She'll like yank on your arms as you're singing. She'll hit your stomach to make sure your stomach's tight. Like no no professors are doing that except her. And it it's scary at first, but you realize you're getting like the best out of it. So yeah, I I like appreciate stuff like that. Like I'd prefer a professor who's like a nut. Like as long as they're like a nut in the sense that they're like super like knowledgeable. You know, like yeah, I enjoy yeah. the antics. Like get good. Give me some character. Sprinkle some character in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? I actually took the lessons with her virtually last semester. Yeah, dude. Mine mine ended up going virtual when covid hit so i had her in person for half the semester and then covid slapped and had it for online for the rest so what was that like for you did you spend uh covid in oneonto or did you go home no i was i was living all, uh, on campus still so i had to go home um and that was just brutal it, like, brutal i was thinking that whole everything away I was thinking that whole time, like, those poor kids living on campus. Oh, my God. Dude, I, like, just, I got booted off and then I had to go up there and get all my shit out in, like, March. And I was like, now I got to do all this online. And online was horrible. It completely, like, changed my whole perspective of school and learning like even my minor classes weren't fun to me anymore so well yeah i mean definitely with the minor classes that sucks because the value is totally in like the hands-on like experience of like physically being there but yeah yeah the, the other classes i definitely had a great time going <laughs> yeah. cool, but well I, I won't say a great time i don't want to be insensitive but <laughs> it was a it was a great time yeah. uh, <laughs> But yeah, so did you take uh, like many others and like hunker down on music during that time? Or like, what were you doing? How did you spend it? Dude, it ended up being like the complete opposite for me. Uh, it like, I had no desire to even touch it. Um, it was, it was really sad, like brutal. I was just, I was playing guitar still, um, but to like really go in, do production work, like I needed people around me and I just couldn't have them there. Um, and that just, it, it messed me up and I didn't, I didn't touch music for like six months. 
Man, that's crazy. So then what, like, your process must be, like, pretty social then, like, in terms of creation. Like, how do you, how do you prefer to, like, what's your ideal environment for making beats? You say you need people around and stuff? Um, I, I usually like, like, one to two kids in the studio max for me. Um, there was a time I was recording uh, a song on campus and I had like eight heads in the studio and they were all just throwing stuff at me like, oh, let's record this. You should do this. You should do that. I'm like, it's it doesn't even feel like my song anymore. Like I said to the the kid that was like producing it at the time, I was like, dude, I just I can't have that many people there. It's it's just not it's not cutting it for me. So even just by myself, if I have the motivation, um, I could do, I could do it all. So do you, uh, prefer to make, uh, beats in the studio or are you like a home cooker as well? Uh, I would say home, um, as nice as the studios are and all the equipment is magnificent. There's just something about doing it like, in the room next door that's like i get the most creativity out of so who are some of your like biggest influences in terms of like the type of beats and stuff that you make uh mac miller is like he's my go-to a thousand percent um it's him it's cuddy uh kanye they're huge. Kanye, especially with um, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, that album, the guitar on it, just having beats like that and the distorted guitar was like mind blowing to me. And um, the first man on the moon is like, like for those albums, it's like Swimming and Circles by Mac, The Man on the Moon 1 and 2 by Cuddy. Um, all that stuff, dude. It's just unbelievable. Are you into um, like older uh, Mac Miller and Cuddy as well? Like yeah, the dude. Slide Park much, and yeah, pretty much anything Mac. Uh, I he I've been following him since kids came out actually when I was yep. like twelve, dude. And then he had a TV show on MTV for a while. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I. The most dope family is what it was. You can't find it anywhere. You Dude, somebody's it. got this. And if you I can, found like a Google Drive of it. I can send I can send it to you. I did find a link with a couple episodes. Bro. Yeah. Please. Yeah. I have scoured the internet for that show. Dude. Like since it like stopped airing that was the best thing that they ever gave us and it disappeared off the face of the planet yeah mac was like he's on a whole nother level of influence to me like he felt he felt like a brother and he didn't even know who i was and the way he was able to and it's not even just me he was able to do that to so many people just connect with them like that over his music. It's just, it's unbelievable what he was able to do. Yeah. He was, he was a huge influence for me on like multiple fronts, like not just music, but I've always like, this is something I've realized actually like more recently is that a lot, like most of the people that I looked up to as a kid, like 
they were mostly like musicians and like skateboarders and like, you know, dirt bike riders and people like that. But they were all like the ones who were like 16 and like, you know, like young kids like coming up, like, yeah. uh, like, you know, entrepreneurs, like stuff like that. So I look up to Mac in that sense as well, that he was just like a young high school kid and he just you know like kids came out like you said i was like 12 yeah and uh, it definitely changed my life for sure dude he yeah it definitely wasn't just his music he um his worth his work ethic was like no match um people would say when they would go in the studio with him it was just like a high a mac high on blah 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 and that was all they said and it was right to work like he didn't stop and that album faces too by him was just him locked in his house it was one of the darker times in his life but dude it's one of the greatest albums he's put out in my opinion it's crazy did you hear uh that thing about the young thug song that came out on thug's last album with him Has yeah I, I heard it um I just, I just, I literally like just skipped to Max part and that was it. Did you hear the story uh, that Young Thug told on The Breakfast Club about it though? Oh, I feel like I did. It's like, it's like some weird shit, right? It was like the day before he died or the something. Night, yeah. So the night, he said the night before he died, um, he was with Thug in the studio and they recorded that song. And they like finished up the recording and like everybody was going home and he left or maybe, maybe he didn't leave yet, but whatever. He ended up like coming back in or something like that and saying, let's name it the day before. And then obviously the next day he passed away. So uh, that's a bone chilling story. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh it's tragic, dude. Absolutely insane. But you said um, Kanye also is a big influence for you? At least yeah, uh, dude. Just as a producer, like, another guy with just an unbelievable work ethic, especially after watching the documentary that just came out about yeah, him. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, it's, you just, he's the greatest for a reason. Like, this dude was living off of beat to beat, never had a real job just creating music because he knew like he knew and then the dude that was filming the documentary with him he knew and it's like watching him go into Cootie. the studios and just play his music kick down the doors of these people put the cd on and start rapping for them and they turn their heads and he just went down the road to the next one like it's it's really inspiring to watch guys like that and that's actually how like Cuddy and Kanye got close because Cuddy ran into him at a uh, record store and went up to him and he was like, Oh, you don't know me right now, but you will. Like my name's kid Cuddy handed him the CD. And then next thing you know, they do all these fucking songs together and they're boys now. Yeah. Well, they're not boys anymore. Yeah. Well, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. They're, uh, they're not boys right now. Not during. Yeah. Not man, he's going a little episode. crazy on the social media, but I think, yeah. it'll, I think they'll come around. Eh, probably. I don't know. You know, 
that's a whole that's a whole other story. But yeah, that documentary definitely um like gave me a new appreciation for the producer side of Kanye, you know. Mm-hmm. Which obviously I'm a bit more interested in, but yeah, he definitely, definitely changed it up for sure. That scene where he goes to Rock Nation, just like, like you said, just kicks in the door and starts playing that song for everybody. I was like, I was mesmerized watching that scene. It was so good, dude. Yeah, and then the, it, you could just see with him and his mom, like that relationship was so big for him and they met back in Chicago after he moved to New York and they were talking and he got this like whole refreshment and then next thing you know he goes back to New York and makes Jesus Walks which is like one of the greatest Kanye songs ever um and that the album he just put out Donda was like probably one of my favorite albums he's put out oh really yeah dude I was a huge fan of it um the production quality of it like that's what i liked about it the most was how well produced that whole entire album was and each feature like poured their heart out in their verses it was awesome yeah that was definitely that whole thing was awesome to like watch unfold i was super infatuated with like the him living in the mercedes stadium like just yeah. him and Mike Dean locked in the basement. He's he's literally got Mike Dean hostage at the, <laughs> yeah. in the basement of the Mercedes Stadium. Like, yeah, he goes on Instagram Live and it's just him in like a closet doing push-ups. Dude, <laughs> yeah, like, but yeah, the the production quality was absolutely insane. And like some of the songs, like I'm not necessary. The features were all crazy. Yeah, crazy. Because everybody was like, that was crazy to watch. He was like bidding everybody against each other on the set. Like everybody had to come out with like the most fire song. He was laying people off. He was, yeah, was crazy. Yeah. Did you My, buy a STEM player? No, I, listen, I love the guy, but I'm not spending $200 <laughs> on an album. I'm sorry, dude. Like. Definitely not. It's It's one of the coolest things I've seen, like people were comparing it to the iPod or whatever. And it's, it's a sick, it's a sick thing. It's like, it's, it's awesome that you can do it with any song you want. You know, you just upload it to that website, get it on, and then you can remix your own version. You know, it's, it's cool. I feel like at the end of the day though, like it's a piece of MIDI equipment. So exactly. Like, yeah. The, you know, the, it's you just can, really easy to use, you know, like you don't have to have any talent to do it. Yeah, but like what's the appeal to like the average to like to somebody who has absolutely no interest in making music or like DJing or any of the sort like you're you're purely a consumer. Like yeah. What is the like you don't want to sit there and do this while you like listen to the song. You want to yeah. listen to the song. So like, Yeah. Um I think I was thinking the same thing. Like it's very appealing to people that are in to music like we are and do all that. But I think other than that, it's just, it's the name and who's putting it out. It's like, I'm not even hating, but like, it's like a novelty. I feel like, 
Mm. Like, I think it was a brilliant idea. I wouldn't call it brilliant, but it was a dope idea. The guy made two, two, two and a half million dollars off selling, what was it, like 11,000 of them or something? Yeah, like dude, that. He, he made like two mil in like a day and a half. He pointed out a good fact also that, like, to make that amount of money, you'd need, like, I can't remember the number, but it was like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of streams, like, to equate to that amount of money and he was like i did it with eleven thousand. it's like yeah. if you get eleven thousand streams on a song you don't you don't get paid a dime yeah th that i did i liked that kind of revolt against the streaming services i think that's a huge problem with artists and the streaming services is that a lot of people feel that they're getting gypped like you'll look at like somebody that's got a couple million streams and it's like hundred thousand dollars and it's like how is that equivalent to what you're putting out yeah i certainly have not experienced any big streaming numbers yet so yeah. i will yeah that's not know. my problem that's not my problem right now definitely but uh that makes me want to ask like so your end goal really is to like be a, like a freelance producer basically like you want to like have your own brand of uh like beats you know like you want to brand yourself yeah yeah that would be ideal um what to be doing like helping other people mostly but i would also want to like put some stuff out under my name as well just to have oh okay so do you want to like engineer more or like executive produce like what is like what do you is your ideal like job title like do you want to actually make beats and like sell them like what's your business you know like what are you gonna do with with like what you've created so far yeah i would say i would say it's more like make the music um and sell it like sell demos um and i do want to just like brand myself and make my own music. I have this whole idea for a project um, that I'm going to be working on from like here, hopefully up until June would be when I want to finish it. Um, and I wanted it to just be like all me, everything, even down to like the mixing, which is like a lot, but I know I can do it. And to say that I did it, like a huge influence for that is Tyler when he made Igor um to watch a dude make a grammy nominated album all by himself was just it was really influential to me so that's kind of something that i want to do just to say that i've done it definitely so um can you talk about the the concept for the album at all or do you want to keep that under wraps yeah i'll, I'll talk about it a little bit it's pretty much gonna focus around all of my experience from pretty much freshman to senior year now of college and all the things that I've been through, um, kind of stuff that I've learned and picked up and just what it's like now looking back at everything and realizing now that it's coming to an end. Um, just, I don't even know. A reflection it, piece. I like it. I, yeah. I think that's a cool idea. And it's it'll focus on like specific memories that have happened, not so much like an overall experience, but and each 
each memory is going to go to like a certain genre. So it's not going to be like all hip hop or all pop. There's going to oh, be okay. one, one hip hop song, maybe one like pop punk song. Um, I want to be able to show my diversity as a producer and just show people that I can't just do one thing. I can do all these other things. That's awesome. I, I actually really, uh, actually really like that idea. I don't, I can't think of anybody that's ever done that. It's that's, that's the goal. I was just like thinking about it. I'm like, I've never heard somebody that just had a different genre for each song. And obviously it's all going to still stay tied together not sound so random. Um, but I've just, I've never heard it done. So. Yeah, well, that sounds like a crazy idea and very artistic of you. I feel like it almost reminds me of like a movie, which is so cool because it's an album. And like, I feel like that's what it's supposed to be anyway. But the fact that you're going to give each memory its own like fitting sound is like cinematic of you, I feel like. So that's like, that's very interesting, man. Yeah, I was listening to two albums actually, um, but The Wall by Pink Floyd, they made a whole film too. And I was like, that's just like so cool to have the whole visual with the music going on in the background, but you don't even have like talking throughout the movie. It's just the music, but everything is making sense because the music is so fitting. Like that's kind of like the idea that was going in my head. So like, for example, I had one like idea of a song that would be like party themed, which would be like the pop punk kind of vibe. That's just fast paced guitar or whatever. And then, um, kind of the recognition of where all the time has gone with school would be more like a symphony with uh, like strings and more soft. Um, So yeah, I got all the ideas. It's just a matter of getting it down. And so are you planning, um, maybe you don't know yet, but are you planning to use like synths for all of this or you want to like actually get like, some symphony players and in the studio and mic them up. So I've done it in the past where we got string players. It was a hassle and really hard. So I'm thinking of just trying to find some good, like samples of strings, even um, from old, old stuff back in the day. Uh, But I know that for like that pop punk song, I'm going to record it all on tape. Um, just to even say that I did that because nobody's fucking doing that anymore. Very cool. Yeah. Do you know who, uh, well, actually, dumb question. You know who Joe Restivo and Matt Lewis are, obviously? Yes. Um, their label, Paintbox, uh, they have a band on there called Lemon of Choice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. No. But the guy, one of the guys, I think it's a duo, and one of the guys... His name is Joe Tyrone. I had him on Mm -hmm. and super cool guy. It was like probably one of the best, uh, one of the best interviews I've done so far, but he recorded a whole solo album that just came out a little while ago. 
all on tape and he played every single part and sung on the whole thing. I'll send it to you. It's it's crazy good. Yeah, dude, I, I gotta check that out. I the amount of respect when I hear people recording on tape. Um, we demoed it in the TA class, and you you gotta be on top of your game when you're doing it. You can't you can't screw up, you know. I literally have no idea how it's done. It's it, it's so much harder than I thought. And Would like, you be able to like explain it at all to like a, a layman? You know, <laughs> um, I could, I probably not. To be quite honest, <laughs> I it, when Andres was explaining it, I was just mind blown at the fact that sound. It's like all through magnets. I know, <laughs> dude. I don't understand. And like, what's crazy is if you put like a magnet near the tape it erases the tape but you need the magnets to record it it's on a whole nother level what was that thing what was that thing with the dials and the etch-a-sketch yeah that's how he <laughs> that's exactly what he like um explained it as that's crazy yeah so you want to do the whole you want to do the whole thing on tape or no just just one song the one that's like, fitting yeah yeah because they they got like the old school Marshall amp in the studio, so I was gonna mic that up and then recording that on tape and like even getting the drums. Pretty much all the live instruments that I would use for that song would be recorded on tape. That's dope. You um, can you record to tape in Studio C at Oneonta? Not in Studio C. You can do it in A. They have the tape recorder in A. Um, and he just taught us how to record it onto tape. And then once it's recorded onto tape, you can just record it directly into Pro Tools, um, which is amazing. Definitely. So um, what has, or actually you're basically like, it sounds like you're trying to make a mad dash, like to soak up the rest of your time here. Yeah. studio equipment and everything but um what has booking studio time been like i i've heard that uh it's been a nightmare awful it's it's horrible dude i luckily i ta so it's a lot easier for me to be in there and get in there um they don't do overnights anymore um I was literally just gonna say, dude, book an overnight and I'll I'll pull up and we'll do a whole thing. Damn. You can only you can pretty much only get in there till like eleven o'clock. How um, come? Like because of COVID? Yeah. They don't have anybody the janitors don't come in there and clean, so they would have to rely on the students pretty much disinfecting everything in the studio if they do an overnight, which just doesn't happen because kids can barely clean up the studio. So so then whose job is it like during the day? Like, why is it any different like at night? Dude, I have no idea. I, d I really don't know. Nobody, I've never seen somebody come in and disinfect the studio before. So have you tried like to, to book an overnight? Like since you're a TA, like, have you tried to be like, Hey, come on, let me, let me. In there. The most I'll get is like till like 12 o'clock because the doors will automatically lock at 11 no matter if you're a TA, no matter if your faculty doors are shut. 
Like, so you'd be locked in? <laughs> yeah, so you'd have to leave every single door open, which you don't want to do because when you're recording and you got all the doors open, it's it's all messed up. So Dang, they put a lock on on the door like to the actual room? Yeah, so to the actual room, to the live room, and to the sound closet, all lock at 11. Ah, uh, that's brutal. Yeah, dude, honestly, it's like, it's you're getting like a two to three hour max studio time. That sucks. Yeah. Is there like a lot of people trying to use it? Um, Lately, like, it's annoying because... There's kids using it at, like, the best times. And then I'll TA, like, one to four on a Monday and not a soul will come in there. So it's tough. Like, all the good times get booked. So any nighttime on a Friday or the weekend, it's packed. Uh, When you're a TA and, like, nobody's showing up, like, are you allowed to be in there? Yep. Yeah, you're allowed to do whatever you want. A is a lot harder to do things on your own, though. Yeah. Because uh, it's so big and there's so much stuff to be running. But um, yeah, you could be in there and then you can invite people in if there's nobody in your time. At least that's pretty dope. Yeah. I always used to. I used to book seat in like the middle of the day because it was always empty. Yeah, and I would literally just go in there like to use the monitors, pretty much. But yeah, I would always just camp out in there. I never knew any of the TAs though, like really well. Yeah. So I never got to do any overnights, but damn shame. Yeah, dude. But it's 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 easy for me to book time, so I could easily book a time on the weekend, and if you pulled up, we can run it in the studio like all day. Yeah, I mean, I, I would, I would totally do that. I would, I would say that I would be willing to do it if we could book like at least a two-hour like slot. You know? Oh yeah, that's easy. I, I could probably get like a four-hour slot on like a Saturday or something. Dude, I would so be down for that. Yeah, I'm like forty minutes away, so yeah, it's not bad at all. It's not bad, yeah. I do, I I got to get in there a couple more times before my time's up here too. Yeah, I haven't been to. I haven't been to Oneonta since last summer, I guess, when I left. So you've just been doing everything remote? Yeah, I've been doing everything remote. I, Because this is, like, technically my fifth year, so... Oh, right, right. Um, I, Like, I didn't want to, like, stay there because, like, all my friends left. So I was yeah. like, screw that. So I did everything online. But, nice. yeah, being a business major was... A, a huge waste of time, <laughs> but I don't even care because now I I probably wouldn't have ended up here at this very moment with this internship, being able to do these interviews and all that if I yeah. hadn't, you know, if I had gone down any different path. So I'm grateful. It's cool. Yeah, cool with me. Ah, damn. So I'm trying to think. Uh, if there's anything else I should ask about? almost been an hour i i just unleashed all my creativity into the <laughs> and now it's gonna get stolen by somebody i can feel it no no i'm definitely not gonna put that in <laughs> no I, I i don't care 
I'm gonna. I, I'll keep the part. I'll keep the first part. But then when you said the thing at the end, I'm not gonna put that in. <laughs> okay. That's way too. That I'm. I'm telling you. Like. Thank you, bro. Like maybe to some people they'd be like, you know, like what, the, what like, but like to to people like us, that's a that's a Kanye move. That's a Kanye <laughs> idea, dude. And it was the way I thought about it. Like I was just driving up from home, um, in my car, and I had like a podcast on, so I wasn't even like, I wasn't even listening to music. I and it everything just hit me. I'm like, let's just do this, and it's gonna be like this. This is the whole concept. I have it all laid out. Now it's just a matter of doing it. So, dude, I have notebooks like from like every semester of college. I had like one specific notebook just dedicated to like all the random like ideas like that that would come to my head. So now I have like five years worth of decrepit spiral (laughs) notebooks. Filled to the brim with absolute nonsense. I have to go Dude, through them all. You gotta look back on them because you forget what you write about sometimes. I know, I know. And that's that's been huge for me. I've been trying to like remember to write down more, you know, because I feel yeah. like I've forgotten so many good ideas already. Yeah, dude. I I voice memo pretty much everything. Um, my phone is full with voice. Yeah, memo. that's right. Dude, I got no storage left. I ain't got room for no voicemails. My notes, though, I do write my notes. Yeah, my notes too. Um, but that's like my my biggest issue is I'm not, I'm a such a bad writer um, that if I'm gonna need like something from a person, it's gonna be lyrics. Like I just can't. I can give the person a whole story, give them the whole memory, and then they just gotta write it down. But I I just I can't do it. Yeah, I'm actually. I feel like I'm I'm a pretty good writer. I I used to write a lot more like songs and stuff. Like I'd never do anything with them. I just felt like I I don't know. I guess you'd call it poetry even. But I would write like full songs. I haven't really done it in a while though. But I'm good at writing. Like when I write papers and stuff like that. Like I'm very meticulous. I you know, like I I do enjoy writing, but. I should try. I should try to get back into it. Yeah, that's like the one thing that I really want to improve on is writing. But I just, I can't do it. I'll sit there and I'll just stare at the paper for hours. But I can make a song in like two seconds. So it's like, yeah, definitely. So what is like? What's your next move? You know, like you're you're about to come out and graduate. Uh, what is like on the horizon for you? You're going to drop an album, hopefully, uh, towards the end or the beginning of the summer. Mm-hmm. And then what's, what's going to be next for you? Uh, just building my, pretty much my own brand up until I can either, you know, find a job in a studio somewhere or just get myself involved with music is like my main goal is to come out of here have a job in the industry doing something. Um, and like, as I'm doing that, I'm just going to keep building myself up as an artist and a producer. And yeah, that's pretty much it. The good TikTok is going to be like the thing that saves my ass. I can feel it, dude. That app is crazy what it does for people. It's unreal. Yeah, I mean, please explain. I really have am not in tune with TikTok like 
very much at all. I do know that they have like the most small creator friendly algorithm. Yeah. So I don't know if you have anything to speak on that. Um, definitely be interested. There's just I I haven't been able to like I put out one video of me just restringing my guitar or whatever and made it cool, edited it a little bit, and it got like. 5,000 views, which is the biggest number I've ever seen in my life when it comes to social media <laughs> for myself. And I was like, dude, this is, this is insane. Um, and there was actually a guy that created this like R and B version of a Billie Eilish song. And literally a couple videos later after that blew up, next thing you know, he signed to Warner just because of that. And it's like, it just takes that one song dude on that app for people to just like go crazy on it and then that's it like doja cat too she she blew up because of tiktok um definitely yeah um what was i gonna say i heard something about tiktok and like uh the algorithm that if you it's all about like interacting within hashtags that you use. So yeah. if you like post a video and you're using like hashtag rap, like your video will get more views if you go to the hashtag and like interact on other people's videos that use that hashtag. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. I thought that was like pretty interesting. Yeah. That's why when you look at, every single post on TikTok has at least like four to five hashtags on it. Um, and my, one of my friends actually, she is like, got this ginormous following within a year, just doing stuff on TikTok. She's got like 60,000 followers. Um, and just, she was just saying to me, she was kind of guiding me through it um, and what to do. She sent me like a list of the best times to post on TikTok um how many videos i should be posting you should be posting like one to two videos a day for you to yeah. hit the algorithm um and it's a grind dude like i didn't even realize it like posting a video every day i i was on it for like three weeks and then i fell off and i, I haven't been able to get back on it it's just like hard to think of content to put out every day um yeah not only even just not even to just think about it to make it too is is super time consuming you know yeah dude i thought it wasn't going to be as bad until i got like two weeks in and i was just sitting in front of my phone for like hours trying to think of something and i was like it, it gets tough it gets really tough especially Definitely. when you're still trying to find what people like you know when none of your videos are hitting yet and then you have the video that hits and it's something like weird. Like, dude, I'm not going to restring my guitar every day because that's what people liked. Um, and that only hits such a niche group of people. Like I was trying to hit such a wider scale. I don't want to be stuck in this one little spot. Um, that's my biggest thing is just being everywhere. Definitely. Do you have um, like a beat store? Like how do you how do you connect with people for beats? Is it really just like who you're around right now yeah pretty much it's um pretty much whoever hears it i still kind of stay in the same contact with the same group of people um 
which I have a problem with. I have a problem with like, once I find those people that have that ear, like I do, I'll just stay near them. Um, but yeah, right now it's kind of just, if you're around me and you hear it, like you'll get it. I got to start putting it out more though. Yeah. Uh, if you, when you get there, if you need any help setting up a store, I could definitely help you out with that. Dude, thousand percent. Um, where, like, uh, where can everybody find you right now? Like if they wanted to reach out for some stuff. You can find me on Instagram at Ethan underscore, I think there's two underscores, underscore, underscore Sarisky. And then, I got, dude, I got to fix that. I don't know why it's like that. And then, <laughs> and then uh, you can find me on TikTok too, is where I post a lot more of my music stuff at Ethan Sarisky on there. Dope. We'll definitely, um, like when this comes out and everything, when we post on Instagram stuff, we'll tag you and whatnot. So Sweet. hopefully get a couple people to check it out that'd be sick definitely and i'd love to do something after i put this shit out at the end whenever it comes out um i'd love to do another one and talk about that too that'd be awesome absolutely that I, that's what i was hoping for so we could get a little uh a little preview for what's to come and then yeah. you know we'll we'll come back again now I gotta, I gotta talk about my word now too. I gotta get it out. That was all part of my plan. Now, now you gotta, <laughs> now you gotta put it out. Now, yeah. l- listen, man. Now you've, now you've been interviewed. Now you've, like, you know, you're really doing this. You're really, you're gonna graduate. Things are gonna go your way. You're gonna be making music. You're gonna do your thing, man. Dude, it it feels so it feels so cool to do the interview. Honestly, like when you hit me up to do this. I was like, dude, this is like awesome. And dude, it's been it's, great. It's sick to see you doing this too. You it, you fit in well doing this. So, hey, I appreciate that. This is uh, this is my sixth one. I oh, think, nice, bro. Since doing it, so I really haven't done that many, but I feel I do feel like I uh, have a bit uh, come into it a bit more since the first couple. Yeah, and if you need people, um. I could give you the girl's number that I did the song with that's on Spotify because she's got music out. She makes a crap ton of music too, so. Yeah, definitely. I'm always, uh, that's been like the best part about this whole thing is like, like part of the gig is to just like find people to have on and I also like curate our playlist and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. um, it's really just been awesome to like connect with, bunch of different artists and stuff and uh yeah it's it, it's really just been a cool opportunity i'm super grateful to be able to like you know connect with people from oneonta as well like that I, that i've met throughout the years and just like put people on you know yeah dude it's awesome it's so cool <laughs> definitely i really appreciate you you know coming on even bro of course anytime <laughs> Twitter, and TikTok. You can also check out our website at www.wjmsradio.com and subscribe to our newsletter so you can be up to date on everything.